What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Football does not get much better than that. What an awesome week of NFL action. I mean, that Vikings-Bills game was insane. I called Lions-Bears as game of the week, and it was like number 10 this week. Uh, Forget it. Packers Cowboys was outstanding. Uh, yeah, it was it was really a terrific weekend, and unfortunately, we have potentially a serious Cooper Cup injury. And Heath, start making your waiver claims now because waivers are going to be insane this week. Are there going to be a lot of waiver claims this I week? I think so. I well, in the shallower leagues, you're going to have like Kadarius Tony. Um, well, you're going to have Christian Watson in the in all leagues. Paris Campbell jumps back into the discussion. Uh, there was a, there were a couple others. Uh, Rashad White maybe still available in some leagues. Um, the good news is we get our third blank will be the best Packers wide receiver rest of season poll, and I believe no. Yes has won every poll. So I expect Yes will win this one as well. Oh, it's definitely Lazard. He, I'm pretty sure he got shadowed by Trayvon Diggs. Basically, every time I watched, he was covered by Trayvon Diggs. I only started really tracking it late in the game. Uh, and this is important because he had a terrible game until he caught a 30-something yard pass in overtime. And that play, he, he was... still had a terrible game. Yeah, but he, he was awful before that. That play, he was not covered by Trayvon Diggs, but I definitely saw Trayvon Diggs shadowing Alan Lazard. So keep that in mind because he was held to two catches in regulation and Christian Watson went off. Uh, for three touchdowns. So let's start with the biggest winners, biggest losers. Um, Dave is going to join us in progress. And Heath, who's the biggest winner this week? Uh, well, it's uh, it's, a, it's a group effort. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I made a, a just kind of a tongue-in-cheek, funny, bold prediction on CBS Sports HQ this morning that um, Jeff Saturday was going to bench Sam Ellinger for Matt Ryan because – Players don't coach, don't tank. Coaches don't tank. And he's a coach who was a player. And there's no way he actually thought Sam Ellinger was better than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan starts. 
the Colts offense comes back alive. No, it was the Raiders, but still. There is hope now in Indianapolis for Michael Pittman, for Paris Campbell, for Jonathan Taylor, um, maybe even for Alec Pierce one day. Michael Pittman, or sorry, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, 29% roster, which surprised me because I thought if as long as Sam Ellinger was the quarterback, he should be 0% roster. But 29% roster, Paris Campbell. In his last three games with Matt Ryan, he has 9 to 12 targets, 7 to 10 catches, 57 to 76 yards, a touchdown on each game and 18.7 or more PPR fantasy points in all three games. If you take away the touchdowns, it's still 12.7 or more PPR fantasy points in all three games. Matches have been pretty good. Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the Raiders. Um, And he gets the Eagles uh, next week, I think. Um, Eagles, Steelers, and Cowboys before the bye. Okay, so not as good, but, I mean, (laughs) the Cowboys, a little questionable the last two games. Anyway, but Campbell or Christian Watson, if you see both of them on your waiver wire, who are you going for? Um, I think it's more likely that Christian Watson will be the number one for the Packers than it is that Paris Campbell will be the number one for the Colts. So I'll go with – and Christian Watson has better pedigree, and he's a rookie, so you could maybe believe the late season breakout a little bit more. So I would choose Watson over Campbell, but both both will be added in most leagues this week. So you're not buying my Lazard excuse? No, I'm not saying that I think that Christian Watson will be the number one wide receiver. I think it's more likely that he overtakes Alan Lazard than that Paris Campbell. Sorry for the disdain with which I said Alan Lazard. That was that was rude. <laughs> uh, than it is that Campbell overtakes Michael Pittman. Okay, who's the biggest loser this week? The biggest loser this week. Um, I'm never good at getting the right guy for the biggest loser, but Greg Dulcich. We pretty much on three games basis elevated him to tops. He was our number five tight end this week, and there was zero disagreement about it on any show. Like we all agreed that Greg Dulcich was just a must start tight end after three games, and it was a disaster. Russell Wilson was a disaster. Um, I don't know how to be excited about starting anyone with a Denver Broncos next to their name. I think I thought you were just going to say Denver, the team effort for the biggest loser. Yeah, the only thing is, if Jerry Judy's injury is serious, I hope it's not, then Cortland Sutton's value probably went up today as bad as the Broncos were. Yeah. Do you feel... Oh, actually, just last thing on that. They were coming off a bye. Facing the Titans, who were missing four or five key contributors on defense. Right. And they scored 10 points. That's pathetic. Here's the only problem and the thing I hate about it. You know who the Broncos play next week. <laughs> the Raiders, I know. They play the Raiders. Yeah. Um, who are worse than, like, I think if you took all the Titans starters away, the Titans would have a better defense than the Raiders. It's certainly, like, the, the difference in coaching between the Broncos and the Titans right now or between the Raiders and the Titans right now is enormous. Like, Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and Hackett and McDaniel are not. And and the other problem, and this is why we're probably going to be talking about Russell Wilson as a starter next week. Brady, Geno, uh, uh, Lawrence, Tua, all on a bye next week. So before you I'm drop, gonna find Russell some, Wilson, I got to find twelve guys. Uh, who, who does Taylor Heineke play next week? Taylor Heineke plays Houston. Oh yeah, there we go. Taylor okay. Heineke's over over us for sure. There we go. All right, yeah, it was very disappointing, though, for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. Thought they'd have a good game against a depleted defense. I'll tell you what's not disappointing. We have an awesome giveaway. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're giving away five subscriptions to Paramount+. Plus. 
Is it a month subscription, Thomas? Yeah, it's a month subscription. We're giving away right now. So this is obviously not for the audio audience, but if you want to, we're going to be doing this, by the way, through the rest of the year. I'm not sure about five every day, but we're going to be giving away a lot of these. A one-month subscription to Paramount+. Plus. And what did you show? Uh, what show did you say we just dropped on Paramount Plus, Heath? Uh, Yellowstone. Um, but like seriously, I, this is no company shilling here whatsoever. We've got Taylor Sheridan, and that's you. You could spend a month just watching Taylor Sheridan content, and you would be so so happy the entire time. <laughs> uh, it's just banger after banger after banger he delivers. This is the best thing we've ever given away on the podcast. All right, so we're giving away five of these, but we're, well, we're trying to. We're going to give away one for every hundred likes we get. So when we get to a hundred likes, Schaefer will alert me, and we'll give away a Paramount Plus month subscription, and you will not regret it. It is awesome. Um, news and notes. This is this is big here. It wasn't a ton of injuries, but some really big ones, including Cooper Cup leaving with an, a leg injury that Sean McVay said didn't look or sound good. So. This is why I, you know, I blanked when I said the waivers were going to be nuts because I think yeah, all of a sudden, Allen Robinson and, and Van Jefferson who caught a late touchdown, they start to become more appealing here. But what's your immediate reaction to a potentially long-term injury for Cooper Cup? Uh, the Rams might be worse than the Broncos. <laughs> like I don't understand how the Rams are so bad. I don't even know. Like how do you have all those superstar defensive players and the defense isn't even good. Like, Colt McCoy dices you up? They had two sacks today and gave up 27 points? Um, I, I, Yeah, if there's no Cooper Cup, like, yes, Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson will become more interesting. But, kind of. Well, to give you a stat, Tyler Higby, because you look, he had a good game against the team that's the worst against tight ends. The uh, Cardinals and the Seahawks are the worst. 73 yards on eight targets, but he only ran 13 routes. And he caught all eight of his targets. Um, he had Tyler Higby had four catches for 46 yards before Cooper Cup's injury, four catches for 27 yards on four targets after Cooper Cup's injury, which happened pretty late in the game. So that could be a guy who gets a big boost. Yeah, that could be. Higby. Uh, more news. Uh, Khalil Herbert left late in the fourth quarter. I didn't see an update on him. But I would love to be done with David Montgomery, but that's not going to be the case if Khalil Herbert's out. Josh Allen left in the fourth quarter, but he returned. This was an interesting one. Uh, Josh Allen ended up being started in 79% of leagues, and he had a decent game, 21.6 fantasy points. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about the whole Josh Allen experience right now? He left briefly, making a tackle. He was in a lot of pain. He came back, didn't miss any snaps. What do you think about this Josh Allen sitch? First off, I wish the guy would just realize he's a quarterback and stop running into people. Yeah, like he is in the open field, just actively seeking out contact and contact. And I, I don't even have him on hardly any teams, and I hold my breath every time. Yeah. Um. But to that note, like he did not behave like someone who is injured and trying to protect himself at all. Um. And he made some really big time throws. He threw for three hundred and thirty yards, averaged seven point seven yards per attempt. The interceptions were terrible, but those weren't elbow problems; those were decision problems. Um, they're bad in the red zone. And I don't really know if that's a coaching thing or if Allen's just not quite seeing things right now. But he talked about it coming into this week, and it manifested itself again in this game. Um, you're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Stephon Diggs. And Gabe Davis is going to be a boomer bust number three wide receiver who provides victory laps for one side or the other every week. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Davis had a good game, and it was kind of an unconventional Gabe Davis game. You know, it was more more of like a normal wide receiver, not somebody who needed yeah. a huge over the top play. And I just feel the need to say like it wasn't as good as the stats say it was, and that game shouldn't have gone to overtime. Why wasn't it as good as the? He stats did not catch the diving catch on the final drive. Oh, you're right. Like you're he, right. It was not a catch. <laughs> you're right. I don't know why they didn't review that. Leonard Fournette left with a hip pointer. And uh, Rashad White. Oh, you know what? Let's get him on here. Let's get Skull. We don't have a lot of Vikings representation. <laughs> Shaver is a Vikings fan. He heard me say that the, that the Seahawks are better than the Vikings. The Vikings were the fifth best team in the NFC. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure I'm backing off of that, but what a win. Let's take, take me through your emotions today. I almost lost my voice screaming at the end of the game, especially with that Gabe Davis uh, catch, yeah. <laughs> if you want to call it. Like, I, I could not believe they didn't review that. Um, I, but, I think we should, can we, can we just, so everybody at home knows, because like some of, some of us are virtual. You were not at the game. You lost your voice almost screaming at the TV. Yeah, I was in the office and I was screaming. Okay. <laughs> in the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was in the <laughs> office screaming. Um, but yeah, it was a, I, I mean, I didn't agree with the play calling before we got the fumble touchdown. Like I didn't understand why Thielen wasn't on the field at certain times, why going too many tight ends, one receiver, I didn't understand it, but um, you know, it's a, it's a win. I'll take it. Yeah. But I mean, think, of, give me your reaction. They recover a freaking fumble in the end zone when well, Josh Allen's well, trying to sneak it. Well, when, uh, when the, when we uh, didn't get the touchdown with uh, Kirk Cousins, yeah. I was I was just like, game over. And I went back to my desk. I just started working. Then everybody sh- started screaming. And I looked up and I they're like, oh, it's a safety. It's a safety. And then now it was a touchdown. So, like, I didn't really see it happen because I was just like, you uh, know, of course, this is how the Vikings lose. But really, that's the way the Vikings would lose is the op- doing the opposite. But uh, they're making know, up for years of bad luck all in one season. Like yeah, they've had multiple wins this year that you can make an argument they, they maybe shouldn't have. But well, last last year we were like this too, but we were on the opposite. We we're on the other yeah. side of losing all these close games, and now it's the opposite. So, you know, like I'm a big Kirk Cousins supporter. I think he's a lot better than what the media and everybody thinks he is. Um, he made a lot of big throws. He made a couple bad throws though. So, yeah. you know, I'm really yes, glad did. for him <laughs> because he get he gets he gets crushed by every everybody and it's, you know, I think it's a little disrespectful of actually how good he is because the Vikings have had horrible quarterbacks for a decade. Okay, we had one year of Favre, but, you know, Brooks yeah. Bollinger, Gus Farad, it's a disaster. So, just uh, kind right. of well, congratulations, Skull, Skull producer. Uh, <laughs> Adam, does this step mean anything to you? Since the start of the 2021 season, the Bills are 16 and 1 in games decided by more than one score and 2 and 9 in one score games. Oh, boy, that's so surprising. That means nothing to me. That's very surprising. Okay. Unclutch quarterback. All right, let's get no, back to the news and notes. Uh, Leonard Fournette left with a hit pointer. We still don't have 100 likes, so hit that like button so we can give you a free month subscription to Paramount Plus. Um, <clears throat> Zach Ertz. Left in the first quarter, left almost immediately. He's got a knee injury. Cole Komet left in the fourth quarter. I didn't. See, did you see an update on Cole Komet? No. Okay. I, I think he's okay. He got. Uh, I think he's fine. Um, and he had a great game. We'll talk about him later. Jerry Judy though left with the ankle injury very early in the game. Uh, Michael Gallup left and came back. Najee Harris left and came back. T.J. Hawkinson left and came back. Food you. 
Uh, let's see. Juju Smith-Schuster did not come back, unfortunately. He took a big hit in the second quarter. Uh, he left with a concussion. MVS left, and then he returned. We saw Kadarius Tony. We saw um, MVS himself with good games. We had no Miko Hardman in this game. Kansas City also lost offensive tackle Andrew Wiley in the first half. I don't know if he came back. And there were some other defensive injuries. Um, Dante Jackson for the Carolina Panthers. He's tore his Achilles. Zach Cunningham for the Titans. They're starting linebacker. He's on IR. Green Bay lost another defensive lineman, Devontae Wyatt. And if you're watching the Cowboys game, maybe if you weren't watching the Cowboys game, you saw Dak Prescott through two interceptions. Uh, Greg Olson, who was uh, covering the game, did a good job on both of them saying it was probably the wide receiver's fault. The routes were not good, and they probably led to those interceptions. Let's do some fill in the blank here. Dave should be on momentarily. Someone tells me that we do have uh, the likes that we need, so I will refresh here my YouTube stream. And uh, we have 105 likes, so we can give away a subscription, and we'll do that after fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. The quarterbacks who are better than Justin Fields' rest of season are blank. Is, would it be weird for me to say the number is bigger now than it was yesterday? Mm-hmm. It would be, yeah. I think it's true. Hmm. Wow. Part of the great appeal to Justin Fields was that this this schedule that he had over the next month, the Detroit Lions, a big part of that. Um, what's what's Justin Fields' remaining schedule now on a week by week basis? Do you have that up? Yeah, because it's um, yeah, I I know it's it's uh, I don't think Atlanta. it's very good. It's Atlanta. Yep, great. Jets, Packers, bye, Eagles, Bills, Lions. This is a guy who has scored 40-plus points two games in a row. He mm-hmm. 43 or more two games in a row. Now 30 or more three games in a row. Now 25 or more four games in a row, including against Dallas and New England. New England's not super tough, but so does it matter? I will say does it matter? Definitely Josh Allen, definitely Patrick Mahomes, definitely Jalen Hurts. Um, and I would bet on Tua and Lamar as well. But he's got to be right there, right? He's got to be in the five six range at, at worst. I, I th- well, um, who could like overtake Justin him? Herbert's looking pretty good right now <laughs> yeah. against uh, fantastic defense with uh, no wide receivers. If you told me Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are a hundred percent next week for the rest of the season, then maybe maybe Herbert. Uh, that's actually true. Herbert has an amazing schedule. I I do push back on the Niners being a fantastic defense. They have not been the same without Mosley, but. We will see. We will see. This game's just 7 nothing now. DeAndre Carter just got a touchdown. Heath made a great call on DeAndre Carter this week. Uh, all right, bottom line is Fields is awesome. And, and I guess to wrap it up, it's, we are running out of time to sell here, obviously. Trade deadline's approaching. But with that schedule, with the Packers and the Jets and, and a bye week and the Eagles and the Bills, sell or hold Justin Fields? I wonder... After a, a little bit of a poor performance and the injury reports, f- poor fantasy performance and the injury reports, if you could turn Justin Fields into Josh Allen. Other than that, though, I mean, right. he's not a sell. I, he's not I, a, if he, I could turn him into Lamar and a starter, yeah, I would do that. Okay, but we but we're buying him. Yeah, I think he's going to be a top seven to eight, seven quarterback the rest of the season. All right, the Week Ten performance I'm not buying is blank. Ooh, I appreciate you sending me this one so that I could be prepared. I got a good one that I can throw at you. You go first. Okay, I never go first. One I'm of your winners. Right now. He's one of your winners. I'm okay. Cole Komet. Four okay. catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets, had a 50-yard touchdown. 
to to his you know credit, I think Justin Fields is so hard to defend that you are seeing wide open receivers. The defense is just being confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think there's enough volume. I don't think there's enough passing yards for me to believe Komet is a weekly starter. He was he's sixty four percent rostered and forty nine percent started. So that's the one I'm not buying. Yeah, I I think it's different because. I put him as a winner because I wasn't ready to start him this week because it was only one game this season with more than four targets. Like it was, that's just not enough for me. Now it's back to back games with at least six targets. I feel a little bit better about him going up against Atlanta next week. I'm going to probably rank him as a top 10 tight end. So that makes him a winner. I'm not so sure that he's going to be fantastic though, as the schedule turns, which is something we've talked about. Yeah. Um, I, I think the performance I'm not buying is Darius Slayton. And I know he was one of Dave's winners. And he looked really fast on that touchdown. I do want to give him credit for that because I had not seen Darius Slayton run that fast. Um, but he had three catches on four targets. And this is going to be one of the lowest pass volume teams in the NFL. It's exactly the same thing as Komet to me, you know? Uh, except Komet plays tight end, so it's easier to buy in. Right. But, right. I, I always have trouble buying into a Giants receiver. I guess the thing for Slayton is let's look at the last four games now. Five games, 13.9, 2.8, 14.8, 11.6, and 18.5 PPR fantasy points. So that is now four of his last five games with 11.6 or more, three of his last five games with 13 or nine or more, 13.9 or more PPR fantasy points. But I am with you. I mean, I just, I just have so much trouble buying into teams that throw for like 180 yards a game. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, the must-start player who struggled in Week 10 that I'm most worried about is blank. Well, I, I suppose that it wouldn't be good to say Cooper Cup. You need me to go um, again? You need me to go first? N- no. Um, <laughs> I think he's not – like he we, he wasn't quite must start this week, but he has been all season before this week. And it was coming off of a positive report, DeAndre Swift. Okay. And, and it was actually one of my believe it or nots that I think he's just a flex at best now. I don't – like I ranked him as a top 20 running back because it was a fantastic matchup, and Dan Campbell said he was doing better. They took him off of the injury report. Wasn't on the injury report coming into this game. And just not only the fact that they don't aren't giving him very many touches and they're playing a three-back system with Justin Jackson basically playing as much as DeAndre Swift, but he's not really doing anything to make them want to change that. <sighs> He scores every game. Uh, but, but he had six <laughs> yards, right? Yeah. He had 12, six rushing, six receiving. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, like last week, he had three catches for 40 yards. The week before that, he had five catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's been pretty good in the passing game. But I mean, it is really interesting. He keeps getting you something, but it's on such limited work. And they get the, I mean, the Giants defense Well, is he didn't a give us anything mess. last week, did he? He gave us 14.3 PPR fan. Uh, oh, no, no, that was two weeks ago. He gave us eight PPR fantasy points. He had 50 yards and three catches, 50 total yards. Uh, but I think, he honestly, he was tackled at the one-yard line last week. Uh, well, you can't, you can't count on a guy who's getting eight touches a week to score every week. I know he's done it a lot, but hey you Dave. can't count on that. Hey, Davey. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, uh, is Charles Woodson or Lincoln Kennedy going to be the next head coach of the Raiders now? After Jeff Saturday <laughs> proved that you don't need coaching experience to be a halfway well, decent coach in the NFL, you, no, you don't need coaching experience to beat the Raiders. That's true. 
How but but they play the Broncos next week, and you don't need coaching experience to beat them either, I would guess. Well, no, the Raiders play the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. So that's they they fire well, their let's coach. Let's see who coaches worse between McDaniel's if he's still there or Hackett if he's still there. Um, all right, let's get back they on trade track. Coaches for one week just for fun. Let's get back on track here. Uh, Heath says he's worried about DeAndre Swift. Dave, I don't know if you have a fill in the blank answer, but the must start player who struggled in week 10 that you're most worried about is blank. Hmm. All right, I'll go just to keep things on Go track. ahead, and now I'll think about it. Chris yeah. Olave is my guy. That's a good one. He's, he's on my loser list. I'll call him a flat. I mean, look, I'm not dropping him. He's still a great, great player. Uh, but he's he's more of a number, low-end number two, number three receiver. He's, I, I can't consider him a must-start anymore. It's just he's only had one big game yardage-wise with Dalton, and Dalton's, I think, hurting him a lot. So Olave for me. All right, uh, why don't we go to the next one, Dave? You can. This one should be easy. I'm ready. I'm ready for fill in the blank if you want one. You can do our last fill in the blank. Ready? Sure. I've had enough of blank. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, once and for all, he comes back off the bye. We'll see what this offense looks like without Chase Claypool. He sees what, like five targets, something like that. It was low, and he had ten PPR fantasy points again. Pickens schemed up at the goal line. Pickens with a nice catch downfield. Steelers run game comes alive a little bit more. I can't trust. I, you're going to hear me say I can't trust a lot of guys. But we're heading into the point of the season where I, I need guys who I can trust in my lineup, as many as I can find. Deontay Johnson does not make that list. Not for me. Heath, I've had enough of blank. Don't say Adam. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Okay. This is another one of my believe yeah. it or not. I'm just throwing them all out, but we can't use them all so uh i like i'm not saying that i won going to drop kareem hunt but i want to i want to spike drop him (laughs) um and again kind of like the deandre swift situation like i would like to see kareem hunt get more work i can't make any argument for why the browns should give kareem hunt more work yeah these two weird how they were at their best it, it was like uh man they have two of the best running backs in the nfl now they've got a, an elite starting running back and a pretty good backup. I do think this was a weird game for Cleveland because they only used Chubb on 11 carries. Three catches, that's not bad, but under 15 touches. They didn't fall behind that quickly to where they just couldn't get rid of the run game. It was 17-7 at the half. Maybe coming out of the half, maybe it's a little bit of a different No, I agree with you. I thought they were way, a very much more Jacoby Brissett focused than I thought they'd be. Which no one should ever be. Well... It was 24-7, four minutes into the second half. Right, but still in the first half, do we know what the pass-run ratio was in the first half? I can get it for you if you really wanted to know. No, it's okay. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. I, I think I, we all agree that we've had enough of Kareem Hunt. But we haven't had enough of our listeners. Give us your Twitter handle. Comment right now. Our viewers, actually. Comment with your Twitter mm-hmm. handle. We're going to pick out one. For a Paramount Plus subscription, we're going to take a break. You're going to get a free month of Paramount Plus. And if we get 500 likes, we'll give away five of these things. For every 100 likes we get, we're going to give one away. But right now, uh, we've got over 100 likes. So put your Twitter handle in the chat. And Thomas Schaefer will reach out to you and give you a free month of Paramount Plus. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back. Giving away stuff and talking winners and losers on this edition of FFT. It was really a busy week. Uh, a lot of a lot of great storylines and a very fun week. And I hope I hope everybody feels a little bit better about fantasy football right now. You know, we were in that malaise where nobody was good. I personally feel a little bit better. I feel like we've had more offense. Did you, get, did you pick up some wins this week? I don't know. I don't know. I just I just feel like the the quarterback position is obviously weak, but the stud running backs have been freaking great for like a month and a half now. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel better about fantasy football. Spend 30 seconds on that if you want, but it's not the, ugh, what a, another crappy week. I feel like it's been pretty damn good lately. And you've got Cortland Sutton on a lot of your teams. <laughs> so that's really saying something. I, I think anytime you pick up a player off the waiver wire and they, even if you have them on your bench and they have a nice game, a Kadarius Tony, a Christian Watson, uh, Jeff Wilson, I think that makes you feel a lot better about your team, even if you take a loss. Of course, you would rather win, but you know that those wins will come with players who are putting up some good numbers. And it feels like there are there are a lot of really good performances and a lot of not bad performances too. So I, I kind of I get I get your sense, yeah. Adam. Well, Justin, I, I Justin Fields is from. I think you know Fields and Tua are really a breath of fresh air. By the way, Zach Ertz is going to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. And gosh, if you have Rondell Moore, oh, he's gonna be—he's gonna be crazy good. Uh, Should be. All right, let's do some winners and losers here. Heath, your winners—the Colts—you already talked about, but within that, it wasn't really that good of a game for Michael Pittman, and he's only had a few really good games this year. So, where are you on Michael Pittman? He's a winner because there's hope now, um, and it was like if this is his not very good games now. What do you have? Twelve PPR points on nine targets. Another twelve PPR point game for him. Seven for fifty-three. Yeah, yeah. I I can deal with Michael Pittman giving me twelve every week when he doesn't score, and eighteen when he does. That's that's a good number two wide receiver. Okay, Rashad White. So when Fournette threw the interception, which was his last snap, I'm pretty sure. It was Fournette with 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Rashad White with 11 carries for 33 yards. Uh, he got going late in that game. He was terrific he, on the last possession. Right. So what do you think about Rashad White going into their bye, 82% rostered? Yeah, I think there's a chance if Leonard Fournette doesn't get hurt that Rashad White's not a winner. And I don't ever like to do winners just because of injury, and this one's not. He did get the start. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly wanted to go to him. Leonard Fournette outplayed him for a half. And then Fournette got hurt. They had no choice but to go back to White. And White was awesome down the stretch. So I I think Rashad White is the Tampa Bay starting running back, whether Leonard Fournette is healthy or not. But it will be a committee and a hot hand approach. It's just that's a better situation than Rashad White was in before this week when he was just kind of working in occasionally. He has a chance now to have 20 touches in a given week if things go right. He's not going to be a must-start guy because if Fournette's healthy— He will be a must-start guy if Fournette's not able to go. But if Fournette's healthy, then I think that they may kind of live in that David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert range. But who's Montgomery and who's Herbert? I think White would be Montgomery for now, and Fournette would be Herbert. Um, And we're not not talking about he'll put up numbers like David Montgomery because 
as as Adam pointed out in a G chat message with me today, he's 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 playing like a steaming pile of something. Well, <laughs> I just don't want to say what you're going to have to use your imagination magic. to fill in that, that blank. That was basically Rashad White's season, except for the fourth quarter of this game. Right. Yeah. But he he broke out, and this was a game the Bucks were able to run the ball in. I'm kind of encouraged by how their offensive line played today, and they gave Brady a little bit more time. So I, this was a really encouraging game for Tampa Bay all the way around. Wow. I know it stinks. Really? Mike Evans, I thought it was. That's interesting. I mean, I I feel like they had to they they must have come into the game saying we have to get our run game going. They've been and, saying that for months. And they did finally get it going. And you had a pretty yes. low pass volume game for Brady. He scored twenty points. You know, he threw a terrible interception late. He did. Um Godwin scored, which is great. Evans had his second dud in a row. The Godwin play was good too, because I believe that was his second read. I think he was looking to the right side of the well, formation, I, and then he I, came back left, and Godwin was open. Would I would like it better Brady, if it was his first read. I would like Brady to be able to, you know, go to his second read. He's fifty-three years old. All right, the other winner for Heath was Cole Komet. So we already talked about him, Dave. Let's go to your winners. Jeff okay. Wilson, seventeen carries, one hundred nineteen yards, and a touchdown, and two catches. Kadarius Tony, sixty-five percent rostered, five targets, caught four of them, fifty-seven yards. They have one or two touchdowns. He had one. One touchdown. Um, Darius Slayton, who had a 54-yard touchdown catch, and as I mentioned earlier, has had uh, 11.6 or more PPR fantasy points in four of his last five games. But Jeff Wilson's a big one, Dave. Wilson's a huge one. He He's the best running back in Miami. It, he looked like it last week. We couldn't say for sure that he was going to be that guy. He was this week. And listen, Raheem Mostert had a great touchdown run. It was like a 30-yard run. I'd say that there were like eight really good runs for Jeff Wilson today. And he's their best running back. We also mentioned, I think back to August at the, at the, in training camp, when we talked about the Dolphins offense, we kind of lamented the fact that they didn't have a physical running back. They didn't have somebody They had Chase Edmonds, they had Raheem Mostert. They didn't have anybody that could give them a rushing presence. Now they do. It's Jeff Wilson. And I think he's going to be the, the main back moving forward. I think he's a number two running back moving forward. And Raheem Mostert might still be in the flex conversation, though. I think he's, you know, one of those low floor running backs because if he doesn't have a thirty yard touchdown, uh, you might be dropping him without that. So that 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 touchdown kind of saved him a little bit. But I'm very encouraged by how Wilson has immediately adapted to this Dolphins offense, and he's not only is he just like breaking away and, and cutting away from defenders, he's physical too, and he's making plays in the passing game. He's everything that you want. He's everything you need. He's everything I forgot the rest of that song. From, <laughs> Inside of you that you wish you could be. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, and Darius Slayton are both rostered in 61 to 65% of leagues. Uh, who is on your vertical horizon, Dave? Kadarius, Tony, or Darius Slayton? <laughs> who would you rather have? I, I think I'd rather have Tony. And you just think about his situation and how it changed. He was on the Giants' run first offense, and the coaches didn't like him, and Daniel Jones was his quarterback. And then, like, I don't have a song to sing about him, but he he just falls into Patrick Mahomes' arms, and he's he, he's in a great offense that's going to be pass first. He's playing in a game without McCole Hardman. Then Juju gets hurt, and suddenly he's elevated into a pretty meaningful role. The targets don't necessarily say that, but he's a talented wide receiver. Adam, you know that better than anybody. And so if he's going to continue to see this surge in opportunities, what's the next step for him? Well, eight nine targets. I think he could end up being 
I, I think you've got to consider him a flex wide receiver moving forward, and he might become a number two wide receiver if things continue to break right for him. I, I, th- I just wonder how dependent he is on Hardman and Juju's injuries. Um, and that was this was one of my believe it or nots as well. Kadarius Tony is the best Chiefs wide receiver rest of season. And I, I, I'm not if Juju's mm, healthy. Sure, right. and it no things way. could get messy if Hardman's up back next week. That that's the thing is like I think there's an opportunity here possibly. I mean we don't know. It, it, Juju's concussion was not something that was minor. It was it yeah. was a pretty big deal, and I'd be pretty surprised if he played next week, um, based on absolutely no medical opinion ad, advice at all. But um, I do think if Juju and Hardman are both there, I'm I, I'm not sure that he's going to be someone you want to use in fantasy. Well, with the new concussion protocol, I more or less expect the player to miss at least one game, unless there's a bye. Right. So, Juju, uh, yeah, I wouldn't count on him next week. We can talk about it a little bit more on the waiver wire show, but he's 65% rostered, so most of you won't be able to get Kadarius Tony. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's exciting. He made a great catch uh, on the sideline. Losers, Adam Thielen for Dave, Chris Olave, and Russell Wilson, really the Broncos. Um, all right, let's start with Adam Thielen here. Five catches, 49 yards on seven targets. He gets seven to nine targets every game. He's out right. eight what straight changed? games. <laughs> this is Adam Thielen. What, what's changed? TJ Hawkinson's there. And though I, I, I didn't see every target that Hawkinson had, I did see the end zone target. It was a contested catch. He's clearly taking away any upside that Thielen has moving forward. And so I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that he can get seven targets a week. But if if Hawkinson continues to ascend and he had double digit targets today, uh, how soon until he has a four target game? And KJ Osborne even had 11 targets today. Now listen, uh, Minnesota threw quite a bit uh, when regulation ended. I think Dalvin Cook had only nine carries. So there's definitely something to Minnesota saying, well, maybe we won't throw as much moving forward, and that'll hurt Thielen going the other way. He's become a touchdown or bust wide receiver where he might not be the number one option in the red zone anymore. And some people might be surprised to hear me say that, but he kind of was even with Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson's just an absolute machine. He's not the number two target in the red zone, you're thinking. I don't think he's the number two target in the red zone anymore either. So now he's number three. The touchdowns are going to be few and far between. The 100-yard games are never going to be there again. He's going to be in that range somewhere between four for 30 and five for 70 every single week. You can't feel good about him. I'm not feeling feeling because he's, 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 he's got a low ceiling. Nice. What do you have last week? Uh, he had 67 yards, two straight games. He caught a big catch. He was used a lot differently last week. I don't week. think he's any, I, I know he, he was, he was like more of a downfield target. He had a higher eight dot last. I know week, he's not going to score at a 10% rate. Like he had for the last four seasons, but I also don't think he's going to score at a 3% rate. Like he has this season. I think he's a number three wide receiver. That's going to have some top 20 weeks when he scores and some weeks like this when he doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is he, he had but, that stretch where every year he's been like a top 18 wide receiver per game. It was just always injuries. But that that's just not happening now. But we didn't dra- like we no, didn't we didn't draft, draft him that way. But right. But I think we didn't draft him that way because everybody thought he's so old he's going to get hurt. But he's not producing. His production is is worse. I mean, there's really he's going to have a lot. His of yards are worse. His, his, you know, his, I think I, I don't think you have to drop him, but he's certainly on a droppables list, especially if it's half or non PPR. I I don't think his catches and yards are noticeably worse than they were last year. 
I, he was on pace for he was on pace for 888 yards going into this game last That's, year. No, no, this this. Well, he year. was on pace for less than a thousand yards last year. I mean, but how many games did he leave in with an injury? I don't, I don't know. But even if he was on pace for like a hundred more yards last year, that's a pretty big deal. So, all right. Well, anyway, uh, Chris Olave we discussed, and Russell Wilson. All right, Dave. Real quick, are you going to trust? Hawkinson's on pace for over nine hundred yards in his two games with the Vikings. So I don't know what the point is of the the pace with Thielen, and he's. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't think he's going to be that good. I I understand. I I've I've not expressed it as much this year, but like. There's this thing that happens where a guy doesn't score a touchdown for four weeks, and I think he's well, he's probably going to score again pretty quick. And he gets talked about like, well, he just doesn't score touchdowns anymore. He's not going to score touchdowns anymore. I think that's it, though, because we were saying that about Godwin, and he scored this week. And then some rando on Twitter was like, "See, I told you, you had Godwin too low in the trade chart." Well, not really, because he was was really terrible about Godwin that he's going to start scoring. But I, I, I hope you're right. I, I, like I said, I think the Bucks' offense took a step forward. I don't. I, I think the Vikings' offense has taken a step forward too. But I think they're taking a step forward without Thielen having a role. Whereas somebody it's like the Godwin same has targets a huge he was role. getting before. It is. I think. Except I, I the target share was lower. Dot was in this game. The share is the target the share same. was lower this this game. Yeah, and I, I don't. I, I just. I think that Hawkinson really is going to put a huge damper on Thielen as far as his touchdown production. All right. Overall, he's on pace for four touchdowns this year. All right, we can so finish up. We're, we're, done with, we're done with Adam Thielen. Are we done? We're done okay. with Adam I mean, Thielen. You want right. to keep him on your bench? We're done with Adam Thielen on yeah. this conversation. Let's go to Heath's Losers. We already talked about Russell Wilson earlier. Heath's Losers are Brandon Cooks. Uh, maybe you want to be done with him. 83% rostered. He did have a touchdown call back, though, uh, on a holding. 30-yard touchdown, too. Kareem Hunt, who we already talked about, and Greg Dulcich, uh, who we also discussed. So it's just Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks here. Heath, he was only started in 15% of leagues. Uh, Good what job, do you, guys. What do you re- recommend for him? He has Washington and Miami next two weeks. I would rather drop Brandon Cooks than Adam Thielen for sure. Um, it, he will probably he will not be a top 40 wide receiver for me. I'm not sure he'll be in my top 48. Um, I, I'm glad that he – I did not see the, the called back touchdown, so that's fantastic. Nice catch. You almost got fantasy points for that. Um, but I hate the way they're using him. And I think they prefer Nico Collins. They're not happy with him. He's not happy with them. Okay, and those are your losers. We forgot to talk about Isaiah Pacheco, so before we go any further, no touches for Clyde Edwards-Elair. I did see Four him. snaps. Yeah, I saw Adam. him in near the goal Three line on one play. Or two of them, I think two of them were inside the 10, and three of them were routes. Pacheco had a busy day. 16 carries, no catches, though. 82 yards, 70% rostered. Um, so he could be another guy in shallow leagues that we're talking about at the waiver wire. But anybody buying uh, Isaiah Pacheco? McKinnon, by the way, you know, six catches in two straight games now. Uh, are these guys approaching um, must-start territory, Pacheco or McKinnon? No. McKinnon's a PPR flex. Pacheco's a non-PPR flex. Okay, I agree. Pacheco played 56% of the snaps. Game script had a lot to do with it. McKinnon was next up at 37%. Nine of 11 snaps on third and fourth downs. I think you know what the roles are going to be moving forward. Well, actually, I can't say that. I think you know what McKinnon's <laughs> role is going to yeah. be moving forward. He's going to be their passing downs back. When they're playing from behind, he's going to be the one playing 50 to 60% of the snaps. When they've got a, a lead like this, I wonder if this is their signal. Pacheco played well. So when they're when they're taking on, I don't have the schedule in front of me at this second, but when they're taking on teams where they can build a lead with Mahomes, they can salt games away with the run, and Pacheco seems to be that guy based on this week. 
It would be most teams that they play, I would guess. But they got the Chargers, the Rams, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks, Denver again, and the Raiders going forward. All right, we're so that Rams game could be one of those. That could be a Pacheco game. Yeah, you never know. They could change things up on us next week. It's it's the Chiefs. Um, all right, we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we'll get into the games, but also we're gonna try to give away another subscription to Paramount Plus. So hop on in and hit that like button. We're at 171. If we can get to 200, we'll give another Paramount Plus monthly subscription away. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. To Munich, Tampa Bay 21, and Seattle 16. Heath. Uh, Believe it or not, Kate Otten should be dropped. He's droppable, so I believe it. Uh, Yeah. What do you make of the pass attempts for Brady? You know, we could bank on him being, you know, 45 or more pass attempts, basically. And in this game, yeah. they ran the ball so much, and he threw 29 times. 29 times. Uh, they were eventually able to run the ball well, second half especially. That's obviously going to take work away from Tom Brady, and that's what I think the Bucks would like at this point. But they can don't want they to rely do it? on Tom for 50 passes. I know, but you know, it's another thing to want to do it. It's another thing, can they do it successfully, or are they going to have to go back to throwing the ball more? They're I, eventually going to have to go back. I don't. This is not – like, this will have a small impact on my – I think I projected 45 pass attempts for him in this game. I might project, like, 39 to 40 next week. All right. Sure. It would take several games of him of, – of several games of the Bucks running the ball well against – a myriad of defenses for you to lower that number inside of 35. Meanwhile, it's pretty tough to run on the Bucks now. Their defense has gotten healthier. Ken Walker didn't even try in the second half, really. He ended up with six catches, so we'll keep an eye on that, see if that trend continues. Um, this game was, you know, this game was pretty normal. Like, Walker had a down game, but wasn't terrible in PPR. Lockett and Metcalf came through. Geno Smith was good again. Mm. Uh, he, he was pretty bad in the first half. And then they made an adjustment. They got the ball out quickly, and he, yes. he turned it on. He had the fumble, unfortunately. It would have made things a lot more competitive. But uh, what do you think, I guess, of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin right now, Heath? Um, I think that I'm going to start both of them as top 15 wide receivers next week. Nope. No, you're not. They're on by next week. Soon, every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got Cleveland and then New Orleans and then San Francisco. So they've got some... Tough games in their future. New Orleans always plays them tough. That's true, actually. Yeah. I, I think Evans could enter by low territory. Okay. I mean, I all right. Godwin, six catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. He admitted earlier this week he's not bad. He's still recovering from the ACL injury. So uh, hopefully the bye week will do him good and we can get Chris Godwin of old. Right. Well, yeah. Um, like, I think he's just going to live in that. 13 point range and when he scores he's a high end number he's 2 19. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to be condemned to that fate why can't he be a 100 yard guy if he can get he can get his explosiveness back Yeah well, I mean, but I don't that, know if that's, that's going to happen yeah. I don't either I'm just hoping his fingers but, crossed that it happens But I do think like there's some way we talk about him like there's another 6 for 71 game but he scored this week and but DK Metcalf delivered with 13 fantasy points Um Metcalf had more than that didn't he Nope. He, what did he, he had six there? for 71, just like Godwin. Oh, and the touch. Godwin's the one who scored. Oh, he didn't have the touchdown. No, I, I mean, first of all, you're way too hard on DK Metcalf, but. Uh, okay. You are. They, you are. Uh, okay. This was his best yardage game in five weeks. He left one of them with an injury, and he's 
a, he is like Chris Godwin. Yeah, he's a consistent contributor around that range. But, you know, I like his quarterbacks are throwing 50 times. You would expect more production from Chris Godwin when Brady's throwing 50 times. Uh, whose Who's, quarterback threw more in this game? In this particular game, it was Metcalf. It was Geno by I mean, four was, attempts. You, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you're too Who, hard Here's a question for everybody. Who's got a higher ceiling? Forget about opponents. Just in a random game. DK Metcalf or Chris Godwin? I would say Godwin. I would say Godwin. I would say you're you're wild. I would that. say Godwin only in PPR. I would say Metcalf because I think he's got 100 yard two touchdowns. He does have big muscles. Line. If he took his shirt off, he'd even have even more upside. <laughs> All right, next game. Detroit 31, Chicago That's 30. That's not why. No, muscles. Detroit 31, Chicago 30. Godwin has muscles too. Detroit 31, Chicago 30. You got anything or you want me to? Do it. Um, then we already did, believe it or not, DeAndre Swift is a flex at best rest okay. of the season. Yeah, I believe that. All right. And, and almost like more of a like a low end flex. Okay, thirty one percent of the snaps. They use three running backs today, gentlemen. Justin They've Jackson. Three running backs. Yeah, it's it's no, but clear. like it, they didn't use Justin Jackson for like ten percent of the snaps. He was in there almost as much as Swift was. Uh okay, I got one then. Believe it or not, Jared Goff is a good streamer next week at the New York Giants. I can't I can't believe that. I believe it. They are he doesn't have he doesn't have enough help. <laughs> well, that might be true. He's got he a little St. Brown it. and Yeah. 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 I think you, you you mentioned that before the show. I was I was hoping for Swift to do more in the passing game. Because that's where he can he can make an impact there. And he only had, what, one catch in the game? Three targets? That stinks. St. Brown was awesome. He had a really good game. They got off to a really good start against Chicago. And then the Bears finally started to get home with their pressure. And it turned Jared Goff back into Jared Goff. So if the Giants can, uh, Giants are going to, no, he's a terrible start next week. No, the Giants Wink defense Martindale stinks. is going to come after him. Yeah, great. He's, that doesn't mean gonna he's going to get there. They have the very little pass rush. Now look at you with your. I'm serious. They, they merely missed. Cynicism. They missed. Jer- they missed uh, Xavier. Mc- uh, sorry, McKinney. Xavier McKinney quite a bit. They they were pretty bad defensively. I was watching that game going, wow, Jared Goff could be a great option next week. Because remember, the four quarterbacks on by. We're going to need Jared Goff in some leagues. Um, I would say we can't really make any. Uh, decisions on David Montgomery until we find out about Khalil Herbert, but it's pretty obvious that he's going to be tough to trust if Herbert plays. We'll say, though, if you didn't see it, he did get a goal line carry. He got freaking clotheslined at the one-yard line. <laughs> he sure did. But, you know, he does. He did still have that role. Uh, just uh-huh. real quick, Dave, give me a 20-second or less uh, thought on Darnell Mooney, who had four catches for 57 yards on four targets and started in 57% of leagues. Little nervous about his upside, especially with Cole Komet having seven targets in the game, two touchdowns. The fifty-yard touchdown was an accident. You can't count on that. But they're they're they've been scheming him up now for the past couple of weeks, and I think that's going to hurt. And they've got other receivers that can take work away. Byron Pringle was back in the lineup, for example, for Chicago. I don't think he did much in the game, two targets, but Mooney only had the four targets. I do want to point out that even before the Khalil Herbert injury. Montgomery was still dominating snaps, still dominating on third and fourth downs, still working the most inside the 10. Just another empty stack game for Montgomery. That'll flip if there is no Khalil Herbert next week. All right, Tennessee 17 and Denver 10. Oh, wait. Uh, Before you do believe it or not, 
Do it. Do it, please. Yeah. I was going to do it myself. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, believe it or not, Derek Henry is the only player who participated in this game who deserves to be on a fantasy roster. In this game? No, no. Cortland Sutton with the injury. I guess. Injury. Yeah. And, and, like, you can't – I don't know. What do you do with the Broncos running backs? It's so hard to drop any running back who's getting touches. Um. I don't believe it, Heath. What about you, by the way? Just first on that. Um, I'll probably hold on to Cortland Sutton. I don't have Cortland Sutton anywhere, but I would probably hold on to Cortland Sutton. Would you like Cortland Sutton? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I offer you a DJ Moore? I, th- I don't... Ooh, that's a tough one. If Judy's out for a while, I think I'd probably take Sutton. Um, Latavius, 51% rostered. He had 12 touches. Melvin Gordon had 11 touches. Chase Edmonds had two three touches. I think what teams got together and they were like, you know, fantasy managers have almost figured out how to manage the two-man committee. They're starting to project how we're going to use these guys, assigning roles to them. What if all of us started using three running backs? (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, you say that, but there were also a lot of teams that consolidated their running back work today. Like Arizona, for example, I think James Conner played like 95% of the snaps for them, Jonathan Taylor. So I, I think we got some defined situations for some running backs but this one in denver was really disappointing gordon played 53 percent of the snaps latavius 32 percent who do you think had the most snaps inside the 10 amongst the broncos running backs are you say latavius adam yeah murray they didn't have any snaps inside the 10 you know why (laughs) because the broncos suck i don't know what you're doing with these guys on your team they are bench running backs at depth at best i should say dulcich you don't have to hold on to Dulcich if you want to let him go. Totally understandable. I would say the same thing for Sutton and non-PPR. Full PPR, too many targets, and we don't know when Judy will be back. I think he's a good bench wide receiver. You just have to readjust how you look at him. 12 PPR <sighs> points might be closer to his ceiling moving forward. I hate to say it. And Russ, oh, I don't know if I want Russ on a, in a, on a two-quarterback league team. Well, I started Russell Wilson, Derrick Henry, and Latavius Murray against Dave this week. So how about that? I uh, think those were excellent decisions. I'm going to beat you most for likely. You. Uh, I, I, Russ is probably going to be a top 15 quarterback next week, unfortunately, because we have four guys who should be ahead of him on a bye, and he's playing the Raiders. Uh, fight the urge. He I don't care. Crush the Raiders for what it's worth uh, the first meeting. All right, last question on this game. Any interest in Nick Westbrook-Akine? Akine. Uh, five, Akina. I don't think so. They said Akine today on the broadcast. Five okay. catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. No, he's going to have two catches for 25 yards against Green Bay. Okay, next up, Miami 39, Cleveland 17. Both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are weekly starters after their bye. Wilson, yes. Mostert, deeper leagues, yes. Yeah, number two in a flex. You try to sell? Would you try to sell Jeff Wilson, or just ride it like he's going to be? I think a, if you could get a starter you like for either of these guys, you should do it with their injury history and lack of ability to hold up to a workload. Sure. You want to turn Jeff Wilson into Mike Evans? I think you'd race to do that. Is this crazy? Jeff who, who would you rather? Who would you Adam Thielen, I wouldn't do in a million. Years. <laughs> would you rather have Jeff Wilson or Tony Pollard? Pollard. I, I still think Pollard. Okay. You know, but th- there is a little bit. Look, I, I, I totally believe what I said about Jeff Wilson being the best running back in Miami. But 
there's all there's these are the best games that he's going to have. He's not going to have 175 plus total yards every week. Okay, believe it or not, you should start Donovan Peoples-Jones over Amari Cooper in Cleveland road games. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. They're at Buffalo next week. They're on the road almost the rest of the season. Uh, it's, two home games. Well, the fantasy here. playoffs, they got two home games to start the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, Baltimore, New Orleans, yeah. It, it is weird, though. I mean, the targets are so low for him. Four road games, six, four, four, and three targets for Amari Cooper. Peoples-Jones, by the way, 99 yards. That's 71 or more yards in five of his last six games. So I'm, I'm seriously asking, believe it or not, you should start DPJ over Cooper in Cleveland road games. I won't be able to do that, but I understand yeah. why someone might. I think it's gutsy to do something like that. Would Maybe you rather have Kadarius Tony or Donovan Peoples Jones? Peoples. I am more excited about Tony. Peoples Man, Jones that, is kind of boring to me. The, there is a chance, and it might be an outside chance, but there's a chance that when the quarterback cha- change happens in Cleveland, they can just support two very good wide receivers. They might even score touchdowns. Yeah, but Najoku does complicate things a little bit, no? He, do, he does. Um, all right, last thing on this game. I, I saw a player prop for this game that I could not freaking believe. And, of course, I bet it. And it was Jalen Waddell over 67 and a half yards. How is he not going to get 67 and a half yards? He gets six, he's had over that every single time two has been healthy. And he finished with 66 yards. So, fantastic. Kudos, Vegas. Yeah. Way to go. They are uh, really good at what they do. They are really good at separating you from your money. Except... When it comes to Justin Fields' player props on his rushing, that overhits every week. You think there was more money? Yeah, I guess there probably was. I, I'm. I... Uh, it got up to like seventy-two, apparently, something like that. I had it at sixty-seven and a half. It got into the low seventies. He had sixty-six I, yards. I've, I think I've hit on three player props all season long now, but I had my biggest gap of a win today. Yeah, it's not going to count. What do you mean? He didn't play. Sam Ellinger. He was didn't active. Play. He, he was didn't active. play in the game. Vegas would throw it out because he didn't start. I, I think. I'm almost positive. That, I would never play at that casino again. All right, guys, we got to keep going Maybe here. Giants okay 24, Houston 16. What do we got for this game? Boring game. Easy game. Nothing? I am still... It doesn't count. <laughs> Let's see. I had the under on Sam Ellinger pass attempts if, because if he was somebody... going to get benched for Matt Ryan. I'm gonna. Where's the my game phone? played? He was active in a uniform. I will. I will on the sideline. Why would it not count? I think you it might, count. All right. All right. All right. I, I take back my statement. I'm gonna ask RJ if the, if a casino or if a sports book would count that. Maybe I, they would. They would count. They would have to. That'd be such BS. I, if I they think didn't. the player has to actually play in order for action to count. He wasn't injured. He just got benched before the game even started. All right. Come on. What do we got for Giants Texans? Oh, who? Bleh. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about Brandon Cooks. We talked about Darius Slayton. There's nothing to say about Saquon Barkley. He's awesome. Um, I don't know what else matters. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, uh, real quick, would you drop Brandon Cooks for Darius Slayton? I would I'd not go that Brandon far. drop Brandon Cooks for a second DST. Okay, Kansas City 27, Jacksonville 20. By the way, we're at 200 likes. Way to go. Leave your Twitter handle in the chat. 
Thomas Schaefer will reach out to you with a free month subscription for Paramount+. Plus. This is, by the way, for your listeners, is why you should watch YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today when we're live. Kansas City and Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, Evan Ingram fooled you. He had a touchdown called back. He had a touch, yeah. But I more or less believe that. <laughs> He's yeah, not, I, not a top 12 tight end. Not a top 12 tight end in non and half PPR for sure, and probably not in full PPR. Wait, hold, 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 pump the brakes. Who's better? Like Dulcich is, is Dulcich or is Otten? Can we really name 12 guys who are better than Evan Ingram? That's going to be well, a tough assignment. Kelsey. Well, they don't play next week, so Ertz it'd be is very out, easy. Like, I bet he's top 12. I bet he's still worth rostering. In week 11? I mean, You're going to hold him over the bye? No one's holding him over the bye. You don't have to, but I, I think he's worth picking up again after the bye. Who knows if he's even going to... Well, it's tight I, end. Yeah, I, I think you can let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can let him go and not even think twice about it. We already did the Kadarius-Tony one, so um, we talked about the Chiefs running backs. Did you talk about Zay Jones and his no. double-digit targets? No, but remember my stat of the game on that, Heath? Yeah. Yeah, so whenever uh, whenever uh, Trevor Lawrence has had 39 or more pass attempts, Zay Jones has had, I think, 10 or more targets. And it happened again today. The Chiefs give up the third most pass attempts per game going into the game. So this was somebody I liked as a flex, and it came true. But if he doesn't get a ton of targets, he's not really worth using. I have breaking news on the Sam Ellinger player prop front. This is from R.J. White, who is – the best gambling expert I know from our office. I asked him if someone bet an under on Sam Ellinger's pass attempts, would the bet be paid? He answered, would depend on house rules, but typically a player has to play for there to be action. He did not play. So I wouldn't have lost money. On no, 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 no. They would have refunded If I had bet money. the over, they'd have just given me my money back too. Exactly. I do not believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> RJ would know. RJ would. No, know. I believe that they would take that they would not take my bet. No, oh, they, no, they, they, they would refund your they money. They would refund they it. They, they're not. They're, they're not rich enough. They'll they'll squeeze you. I've on only your won bet. two prop bets. Then that's fantastic. Christian Kirk. Well, we called him. This week. We called Christian Kirk a it's buy a high, and he came through with 105 yards and two touchdowns. He had a great matchup, so that was really nice to see. Um, and there you go. Minnesota 33, Buffalo 30. Decent game. What do we got here? Um, let's see. Who have we not talked about in this game? Singletary. Believe it or not, you should try to sell Devin Singletary if anybody believes it. I believe it. But the problem is nobody's going to believe it. Unless they're desperate Mostert? for a running back. Mostert or Singletary? Singletary. Yeah, I think I'd go with Devin Singletary, too. Yeah, I was joking, by the way, when I said decent game. Hope everybody got that. It was an amazing game. Uh, would you drop Naeem Hines? Someone's asking. Goodbye. 67% of leagues he's rostered in. Yeah. Naeem, bye. <laughs> uh, okay. And Dawson Knox is rostered in 64% of leagues. I mean, he wasn't bad. Like, Dawson Knox or Evan Ingram? Almost had a touchdown. Who do you think is going to be better? Between who? Dawson Knox and Evan Ingram. I'd take Knox. I think I would, too. Okay. Pittsburgh 20, Saints 10. You know, for a while in that game, Josh Allen didn't have a completion longer than, like, 19 yards. I, I think if, if his arm limits him from 
deep throws, that would benefit Knox. Just saying. I don't remember any deep throws. His his air yards per pass attempt was pretty high, but I don't remember him like taking the top off of a defense. I remember him scrambling and throwing fairly deep to Gabe Davis, but I can't remember him sitting back and letting one fly. Do you? Jay Glazer had said before the game that the elbow was more likely to be a problem on shorter throws than longer throws. I don't know hmm. if that's because the mechanism of it's more shoulder on the longer throws. I don't know. Oh. Um, but that's that's what he had said. Okay. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh 20 and New Orleans 10. Uh, believe it or not, the Steelers are a defense to avoid now that T.J. Watt is back. Not ready to say that. They got themselves a sacrificial lamb today in the Saints. Defense was beat up. They were tired from the week before. Offense missing a bunch of starters on the O line. This this was a this was a gimme game for the Steelers that they should have won by more than ten points. Well, their offense is atrocious. It is not good. They but still believe it or not, Najee Harris is back as a starting fantasy running back. That this is the guy you sell high on if you can. This funny. It was and one of his worst high, games. I mean, you might fantasy. be able to get a low end number two receiver, maybe. Yeah, he had 99 yards on 20 carries. He had his, you know, his best rushing game of the year, but he had one of his worst fantasy games because he didn't have a single catch. Uh, and Jalen Warren had well, a bunch of them. PPR. Well, he had three for 40 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, even in non PPR, it wasn't a special game. It was, you know, he's he's never he has not scored more than 10.9 non PPR fantasy points. He scored 9.9 in this game, but it was like a typical game. In full PPR, it was one of his lower scoring games. It's crazy. But he wasn't but really splitting. I would certainly call it an encouraging game. He had 20 carries. He averaged almost five yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a good thing. I will rank him higher this next week than I did this week. Bengals, Colts, Falcons are the next three games. Those are not bad games. Uh, how about <clears throat> Najee Harris or Jeff Wilson rest of season? I am I'll, tempted to say Wilson. I'm definitely I saying say Wilson. Najee. I mean, one good game does not erase a terrible season for Najee Harris. And this was the first game he had with more than 17, with a longer than 17-yard run, I think. Maybe 19 yards. I, I, just give me the explosive offense. All right. Dave, what do you say? You, you said you're tempted to say I'll Wilson. Take, I'll take Wilson. Take that, Heath. Okay. No, <laughs> Be nice to Heath. Uh, Indianapolis 25, Las Vegas 20. Keith, if you had made your Ellinger bet at Caesars, it would have voided. They would have refunded your money. Hey, glad we could bring that up again. Uh, believe it or not, Foster Moreau is a starting fantasy tight end until Darren Waller returns. Mm. You know, I was encouraged by the target share going into this game, and then he only had four targets on Derek Carr's 38 pass attempts. I'm not going to believe it. He is a streamer. And is it Morrow? It's Morrow. Morrow or we're, Morrow? We're going to put this to bed now. It's Morrow. Like tomorrow. Yeah. Edward R. Morrow. I am not going <laughs> to try and put in a waiver claim for Foster tomorrow. Can we talk about Jonathan Taylor? Number one overall pick. Consensus. 22 carries, 147 yards. Monster touchdown, game. 66-yard oh. touchdown run, two catches. It looks so good. It looks so good. I was happy to see it. It was. I'm glad that he was able to have that big run. And then I just kind of kicked back and I thought, it's against the Raiders. Can it happen against a tougher defense? Uh, excuse me, actually, get this going. They had been pretty good against the run this year, but their linebackers were completely depleted. So, uh, actually, that doesn't count. So, they, I, I, it was a really great matchup for him. But 
um, yeah, I mean, what like Jonathan Taylor, right now, I thought he number two. Do you guys have him as like a number two running back this week, right? Like fifteenth. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But now he's crack your top twelve. Yeah. But it might Matt be Ryan, at twelve. It might be eleven or twelve, and he's got. Philadelphia, and we'll have the debate about whether or not Philadelphia's run defense is any good without Jordan Davis and whoever else they don't have. Then there's Pittsburgh, and then there's Dallas, and then they have a bye. And again, it's these are not the Raiders' defenses. Eventually, but, they're gonna. Eventually, they're gonna get destroyed it, by a team. In terms and it could of be a, next week. In terms of against the run, the Eagles without Jordan Davis are as bad not, as it gets. Like they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Yep. Okay. Well. I'm listen. I'm going to start Jonathan Taylor next week against Philadelphia. Is he back? Do you guys feel like he's back? To okay, maybe he won't be the best player in fantasy, but top five quality type of player. I think so. he's going to have top five upside, even in tough matchups. But he's going to have a little more downside than we would have cared to admit. All right, uh, he's going to be like right around 12, 12, 13. I could see him being ranked right there next week. Devontae Adams is good. Derek Carr actually over 20 points two games in a row. Just now, keep I do think it's worth bringing up. What if you can turn? What if you can trade Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> I'm in the middle well, of a sentence. Just, <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up okay, because we were talking well, about Jonathan great. Taylor. Okay, go ahead. And then I'll, I'll stop talking. I'm sorry. But if you can trade him as if he is a top five running back, I think you take advantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. What did you just do, Adam? Nothing. I, I was going to play the Game of the Week song because I always interrupt Dave with it, but I was too slow to do it. So uh, Arizona 27, Los Angeles 17. This was the uh, Game of the Week. Believe it or not, James Conner's back as a top 12 running back. Nope. I do not believe. I don't either. A, ro- a robust 69 yards on 21 carries. <laughs> That what sounds like what do you James think Conner. He's, I, if he's going to get 20 touches every week, I absolutely believe it. Yeah. The usage, Dave already said, he played over 90% of the snaps. Last week, he played something like 70%, but he played all the third downs, so he just continued. Mm-hmm. The usage is terrific. The role is terrific for Connor. Can he do anything with it? That's going to be the question. Um. Yeah, I mean... Can he, if he gets 20 touches a game and he's the goal line back and he's the primary pass catching back, like I think that role itself just produces top 18 value. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, very, he doesn't have to be very good to be a top 12 running back if he's getting that type of usage. Uh, I got a little update yes, on Cooper does. Cup. What? Got an update on Cup. Um, he appears to have avoided a worst-case scenario with the injury, but he'll have more testing, according to Jordan Rodrique of The Athletic. Rodrique. So it could be multiple weeks, maybe. It yeah. did. It looked terrible. Yeah. I thought he was donezo. Well, the Rams, uh, yeah, stop with the Rams running backs. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson both had six carries. Kyron Williams had three catches and one carry. And our last game, Green Bay 31, Dallas 28. Wow. Believe it again, Aaron Rodgers made us all look like fools for saying he was done again. Believe it. But it doesn't mean that he's going to be awesome moving forward. But I think I think he fell in love with Christian Watson. I think we all did in this game. And if he's got Watson and Lazard now, 
That's that's a pretty good combo in theory. Run game got going a little bit against Dallas. And maybe he'll have a few more games above 20 fantasy points. Believe it or not, I fleeced Heath when I acquired Aaron Jones and Tom Brady for Christian McCaffrey. No. no. (laughs) Aaron Jones and Tom... No, because it allowed me to start Dak Prescott. Oh, there you go. I know you were a little worried about Dak Prescott, but this game didn't play out the way you thought it would. Didn't play out the way anyone thought it would. No. like We all said that Dallas was going to crush Green Bay. Um, they were on their way there, and then Dak had a terrible interception. No, it wasn't his fault. Uh, you missed the beginning of the show. Uh, Greg Olson pointed out the receivers. A terrible route by C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Mm. They have to cross his face, and he did not cross his face. Uh, but you're right, Dave. That, what that, about the other interception? Both of them. Same exact thing. First it was Dalton Schultz, and then it was C.D. Lamb. They didn't run the proper routes. But you're right. They, those intercept, that second interception was a complete game changer. But mm-hmm. I, and I also think like that on a efficiency basis, the Green Bay pass defense was still really good today. Dak threw the ball forty six yeah. times and came away with two hundred and sixty five yards. Fair. Wow. How and many times C. did they sack Lamb. him? I'm going to look it up. See Lamb at one hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. Um, okay. Was Dalton this Lamb's Schultz? best game? Oh yeah. <laughs> of his career. Of his, that's what I meant. Not oh, just oh. this year. Was it? Probably. I think it was. Let me check. Do we have enough time? It doesn't matter. And Tony Pollard, 22 carries. That was a career high. He's done nothing to lose the job, but we know we know he's going to, you know, split when Zeke's back. Uh, all right, that's it for today's show. Thank you very much for watching and listening. If you missed the Christian Watson stuff, that was right at the top of the show. Mid-October 2021, nine catches, 149 yards, two touchdowns for C.D. Lamb. <laughs> That was not as good as this game, right? Nope. This was his career high. All right. That was the stat of the week from David. Thanks, Eve. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thomas Schaefer. Hope everybody enjoys their Paramount Plus subscriptions. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with Beyond the Box Score on Fantasy Football Today.